much. So um, why don't we do this? Why don't you uh, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, and I'll buy a little bit of time. We'll pray for the Lowry's too. We're going to be looking at verses 8 through 16, so it's not a one-verse Sunday. I get to make a little bit of a uh, of some covering some ground here. If you need to borrow a Bible, thank you, Matt. You guys can raise your hand high, and the guys will be happy to let you borrow one. Again, it's Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 16, as we're making our way through this letter uh, to the Christian Jews who had come out of Judaism there in the first century. I entitled our message this morning, Faith for Today and Tomorrow. You know, we, we have been looking at faith demonstrated in the lives of different Old Testament saints. We looked at Abel in depth, and we noted how his faith was demonstrated in, in his act of worship, and we noted together of how and what he gave to God and how that honored the Lord and how he pleased the Lord. We also looked at Enoch, who demonstrated his faith in his walk, uh, basically everyday life, you know, the everyday grind and what it meant to, to trust the Lord in that. And then most recently, we looked at Noah and how Noah demonstrated his faith in his work. And so it was worship and this walk and work. And we noted how and what he did for the Lord, his obedience uh, to God, uh, despite the circumstances and despite the culture he was living in. Today we're going to consider Abraham and Sarah and how their faith was demonstrated in trusting God with their future, really with their today and their tomorrow. And of course for us then, considering what does that mean for us as we follow the Lord. And so if you're there, Hebrews 11, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as I'll read these verses aloud. You can follow along in your Bibles. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned. Happy birthday, Melissa. It's your birthday? All right. Happy birthday. We read verse 8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. I feel like I can really so often. By faith he went into the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him, she judged God faithful, who had promised, even as we sang earlier. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. They embraced them, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out of, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All right, we'll pause there and we'll pray and we'll pray for the Lowry's as well. 
hey, Josh, why don't we just go ahead and lay hands on those guys? Lord, once again, we come before you just thanking you for this day and thanking you, for Lord, for the blessing that we can gather in your name. Uh, Father, just in light of Thanksgiving and this holiday, Lord, I pray that we'll continue as we're reminded every Thanksgiving that that should be the default position and posture of our heart, that as Christians that we would be the most grateful people. Father, we're grateful for your love and your grace in our life. We're grateful for Jesus who came and lived and died for us. And Lord, we're grateful because of Christ. Not only are we brought into a family with you, but we're brought into a family with each other. And we're grateful for this family. We are imperfect. We are messy at times. Uh, but Lord, we're family. And God, we, we're grateful for the gift that we have of relationships of Kaylee and Shaquille as they, uh, Lord, change their dynamics soon. And uh, Lord, as you have a next season for them. And Lord, for the Lowrys. Uh, we're so grateful for Philip and Lindsay and just their beautiful family and bringing them our way. Lord, just uh, the time that we've had together, it's a gift, it's a treasure for us. We're going to miss them greatly, but God, we pray that you would bless them even greater as they uh, return stateside. Lord, find them a great church home, a community, friends, and just, Lord, uh, bless the new unit and, and everything, Lord, that you have for them. God, we're excited for them, although we're going to miss them. Lord, we know that you are in control and you have a great thing for the family. And so we commit them to you. And Father, again, we commit our time of study now. Prepare our hearts. Give us ears to hear. Give us expectation of your spirit to speak. We commit our time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, take a moment, say hello, and then you can have a seat. So through our series in, in this uh, chapter, I, I hope that you've come to be encouraged and challenged in your walk with the Lord. I hope that you've come to realize that God loves you, that God wants to have a, a, a relationship with you, and along with that, that God wants you and me to come to a place where we can trust Him and, and to trust Him completely and to trust Him continually. Now, none of us are there yet. It's, you know, we're all works in progress, but hopefully we're making progress in that. That today where we are in our walk with the Lord it would be a better place than we were last year at this time or five years ago at this time. We've been encouraged as we've been looking at the topic of faith in these last few um, Sundays. A reminder for us that, that the faith that God gives us is a gift and that it should be coming to a place where it's an unshakable faith, that it's an assurance that we have because God is faithful even as we sing. He's completely faithful. His promises are yes and they are amen. And God is completely in control. And because of that, because of who God is, we then can trust Him. We can trust Him for today and we can trust Him for tomorrow. And, and hopefully you've been encouraged that we can trust Him even when we don't fully understand everything that God is doing. Even when we can't fully see uh, the how or even know the answer as to why, Lord, you are doing these things. Or even what's ahead. 
Corey Ten Boom said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. As we've been looking at the book of Hebrews, the writer has given us a definition that we've been working around in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 11, that faith in God is ultimately just our faith or our trust in God, and it's our trust in His Word. It's a trust that God is a keeper of His Word. And we noted together that it, it's like a spiritual radar. You know, as even as typhoons may come and storm systems may come, we, we can see things that, you know, the reality of what we don't normally see or can't see just with our own eyes. Faith allows us to see the things that are around us now and the things that are coming our way. And then we were told that without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. And that we must believe that God is who He says He is. And when we do, and when we diligently seek Him, the Lord is a rewarder. And so together we noted how faith then keeps us steady through thick and thin, through good times and bad times, but also it provides an avenue. As we trust the Lord by faith, it, it is the pathway then which we can receive the blessings of the Lord, that God rewards and He blesses when we seek Him and trust Him by faith. Now, we define that a little bit further to say, you know, sometimes that blessing isn't necessarily what we thought it would be, it isn't necessarily what we were hoping it might be, but, but you know, it will be a blessing as God knows that we need. Sometimes it's not what we want, but it is what we need. And hopefully we learn together that faith permeates every arena of our life. It isn't just something we do or practice on Sundays, but it should be something that impacts every part of our life what it looks like at our workplace, what it looks like every day when we're doing the dishes and laundry and grocery shopping, you know, what it looks like in our giving and our service, what we do with our time and our, and our resources. And we recognize that all that we have is from the Lord, and God then asks us to trust Him and trust then our giving to Him. And again, as I mentioned, it impacts how we live every day. Faith isn't just big and bold ventures. Faith can look like small steps of faith. It's daily routines. It's trusting God even when it's boring, when life seems to just be vanilla. Right? And so we talked also how faith is demonstrated at work. And to have a mindset to view our faith and trusting God, it's a form of our worship. It's a form of our witness the impact that we can make as we trust the Lord in our workplaces, in our homes, and at schools. And so faith then also finds a place in our future. And the writer provides this snapshot of Abraham and Sarah, a part of their story. They have many parts, but part of their story that speaks to this truth. And so this morning I want to walk through these verses together with you and point out four aspects, if you're a note taker, and encourage you to take notes, of trusting God with our future. So I draw your attention back to verse 8 where we read, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place that he would receive as an inheritance, but when he went out he did not know where he was going. And so number one, just 
we note together that Abraham had an obedient faith, an obedient faith that brings us into God's blessings. Here we read that it's by faith that Abraham obeyed. Abraham is the fourth person we're introduced to in this list of Old Testament heroes of the faith. Like Noah, Abraham would essentially need no introduction, especially to the original audience. Abraham was considered the main patriarch of the Jewish people. He was the founding father, not only of their faith, but really of their, uh, of their nation. And so he was an icon of both national and religious uh, identity. And so for the religious, for the Jew to then be a son of Abraham, a child of Abraham, for them, they equated that to be a child of God, as though their ancestry or their lineage alone just gave them an in, an automatic in with, with the Lord. And so the mistake that they made was to think that because they could trace their, uh, you know, their 23andMe, that their Ancestry.com report said, oh, you're a child of Abraham, that that meant you're going to heaven. They tied their salvation to DNA. But when Jesus came, he said to them, it's not ancestry with Abraham that gets you to heaven. It's faith that makes you family. Right? Our human heritage may help us to expose us to the truth. It may influence us to that truth. But it's not automatic. Entrance into the family of God is by faith in the Son of God. Paul essentially says the same thing many times. He writes to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3, and he explains that Abraham himself believed God by faith. And because he did, God credited him with righteousness because of faith. And so Paul says, understand then that you and I, the real children of Abraham, are those who put their faith in the Lord. And even today, there are those who mistakenly trust in their family heritage or, their, or a cultural Christianity. I hope that you know, and I say this in love, that just because you grew up in a Christian home, and if you did, praise God, I, I, I envy that. I wish I had that type of heritage. But please make no mistake that just because you did or just because you went to church, even as a baby, it doesn't automatically mean you have a spot in heaven. It doesn't automatically make you a Christian. As the saying goes, you know, just because you have a garage doesn't make you a mechanic. Or just because you go to karaoke doesn't mean you can really sing. <laughs> Every single person has to come to Christ themselves. And as the Bible explains to us, it's, it's through Christ alone, by God's grace alone, it's faith alone, how we receive then our salvation to the glory of God alone, as the Scriptures explains alone. Understand, too, that Abraham wasn't perfect, though. He wasn't perfect in himself, and nor was his faith or trust in the Lord perfect. He didn't have a perfect track record of that. He, he made some mistakes along the way. Abraham was an imperfect person, and yet he trusted a perfect God. And again, along the way, he made some mistakes. He ran ahead of the Lord. 
There's times where he didn't trust the Lord. And so there's a lot for us to relate to. You know, Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, Though the righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. It's the grace of our Lord. Psalms 37, verses 23 and 24. The psalmist writes, The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord who, t- who takes delight in his journey. And though he falls, or though we fall, we will not be overwhelmed. Why? Because the Lord is holding our hand. God is the one who lifts us up. And so there are times where we will stumble, we may trip up, we may fail, and we may fall. But the grace of God will pick us up. And so Abraham, who needs no introduction, you know, he's revered as the father of faith. But please understand, he wasn't faultless. He was just like us. And gang, we can trust the Lord for his faithfulness. God is good, and God is faithful, even when you and I aren't, as, we, as Azer you know, prayed uh, earlier this morning during worship. Even when your record isn't perfect, God's record is. And so here the writer um, introduces Abraham, or brings Abraham and even Sarah into the account, and, and recounts this occasion when God first called Abraham back in Genesis chapter 12 to leave his homeland, to leave his country, and to basically trust the Lord as God was calling him out by faith. And the writer reminds us that Abraham said, okay, God, I'll do that, even though he didn't know where he was going. It was just a ticket that said, get on the plane, or in his case, get on your camel. But there was no destination. God was going to be the decider of that destination. And yet Abraham trusted the Lord and he obeyed God when God said, go. Now if you go back, I encourage you to do so, not right now, but later to Genesis 12 and 13 and even on. You'll read that Abraham gave no debate. There was no argument. There wasn't any type of deliberation about it. He packed up his family, he packed up his stuff, and he went willingly. I realize for our church family, uh, the context of our body, many of you can relate to this to a degree. You understand what it means to be told to go pack up and go to a place that you don't know where you're going. It happens almost every year for us. We call it PCS. Right? By the virtue of your job or the uniform that you wear or your spouse's uniform or your parent's position, you have little to no position in picking the place. Someone else decides for you. And you pack up and you go. But if I may, usually built into that equation is the hope and the trust that while you may not know where or what awaits you, that you'll be taken care of, that hopefully your basic needs will be met. But let me ask you, what happens, though, when it's God who calls you to step out in faith? What happens when it's God who says to you, I want you to go, and you don't have all of the details? You don't have all of the answers to the questions you might be asking. You understand, for Abraham, it was a big move. 
it was, if you will, his first PCS. There was no duty station listed on his orders. It was just simply pack and go, and he would find out along the way. And how many of us could do that? There's no Facebook groups to join ahead of time to find out what are the best coffee shops there. If he needs transformers, what does the electricity look like when he gets there? He doesn't have any of those resources. But he's going to just trust God. And can we say that we trust the Lord enough that when we don't have all of the answers to the questions that we have, to trust his purposes to the places that he is calling you? Now, it may not be a big move for you. Maybe it's not in the scheme of you moving and packing up your family and leaving the island and going somewhere. Maybe it's just that God's called you to go across the street and befriend the neighbor. Maybe God's called you to go downstairs and sign up and help where needs are at the church. You know, with Kaylee leaving, we're blessed that Renee has stepped in to take the mantle, but uh, Kaylee's taking some people with her. <laughs> some of our uh, Sunday school staff, which is okay because it's Alex's church. I'd go there too if I wasn't here. But it leaves some holes here. It leaves some opportunities. And the Lowry's leaving, they're, they've been faithful to serve in our children's ministry too. There's some big flip-flops to fill. And maybe God's calling you to go and help there. Or if you will, to go to a support group or to go to the counseling that your spouse has been asking you to. The question is, will you and I be obedient to God when he calls you to go? Can I encourage you? We have a great example with Abraham. Again, his faith wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect but he was obedient. He didn't delay. He didn't debate. He said, okay, Lord. And what a great encouragement for us to be obedient, to be immediately, can I add that? To be immediately obedient by faith and trust God when God calls you to go. We should go. And so, by faith, he obeyed the Lord. Verse 9, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's a very interesting phrase. Number two, if you're taking note, here we're reminded that, that patience or I'll call it patient faith, it sustains us in our present uncertainties. See, not only did Abraham go by faith, but we understand from this verse that Abraham also, if you will, he stayed by faith. There was a season where God said go, and then there was a season where God said wait. And we're to be faithful when God says go, and we're to be faithful when God says just chillax for a bit. Hang for a little bit. The place that God called Abraham was a temporary assignment. 
We're told or reminded that he lived as a foreigner in a foreign land. He's dwelling in tents. Now, many in Abraham's day were pilgrims. They, they lived um, uh, what's called like a Bedouin lifestyle, mobile, just living in tents, moving with their flocks. They're nomadic, just bouncing around. There's still Bedouins in that region even today. In those times where we've gotten to go to Israel, you can see some of the Bedouin groups. Which is interesting, though, they have tents and then they have a, a satellite dish. You know. <laughs> but even today in the church, we have nomads. They bounce around. You tell them no, they get mad, and then they leave. The Bible reminds us, us as Christians, we... We are like pilgrims. Peter uses that same word in 1 Peter 2.11. He calls us sojourners and pilgrims. Paul writes to the Philippians, and we're reminded in chapter 3, verse 20, that, that our true citizenship, it's not of earth, but our citizenship is of heaven. And that we too, like Abraham, we eagerly wait for our redemption, right? We eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come back. And so here the writer reminds us that Abraham, and along with Isaac, and along with Jacob, so even his own lineage, his own kids and grandkids, they, they all lived with this hopeful expectation and an understanding that this life is temporary and that there is a a promise that's coming. There is a, a spiritual city, a permanent home that God has promised. And, and we're all waiting for that. We're all looking forward to that day. But until that day comes, we're to occupy until they come. We're to trust God by faith, both in the going and in the waiting. And so it was their trust in the purposes of God that then allowed them to be content in their present circumstances, although that it was temporary. Now again, we know that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, so not just Abraham, but if you know the account of Isaac and you know the account of Jacob, they too didn't have a perfect record in their waiting. They all have this uh, occasion where they ran ahead of the Lord. And so I'm encouraged that when we read, especially through you know, Hebrews 11, that when God recounts what happened in their life, He highlights the good things. He doesn't necessarily highlight the, the bad things. Again, as we consider what God was doing in Abraham's life, he's obedient to when God said go, we need to be obedient when God says go. But also, hopefully you're challenged that when God says wait, that we wouldn't run ahead of the Lord. That we wouldn't get, if you will, bored or impatient, thinking oh, i got to be doing something else. There's an exercise of our faith that we trust the Lord even when we're on a hold pattern. That God's still working when, when there's a pause in your life. You may not see it 
By faith, we can trust that God is working behind the scenes. It's been said when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off the train. You sit still and you trust the engineer to get you through the darkness. Sometimes we, we can be so eager and anxious for the next thing, the next chapter, the next season, the next stage, the next rank, the next assignment. Dare I even say I was convicted, you know, uh, I'm excited for next year. (laughs) But when we get so focused on what's next, we miss the blessing of what's happening now. And so faith in God can look, and I would say it should look like trusting God today, right now, in the current pause, and, and learning to be content in the waiting. I submit to you that patience is a form of faith. It's an opportunity for us to exercise trusting God, to say, God, I can trust you even when my eyes don't see, even when my flesh wants to do something else. That we can dwell in the current place of God's promises to make the most of what God has provided for you in the here and now, in the place in which God has brought you. Yes, it may be temporary. But I'll add this. You don't have to torture yourself by, by wanting the next thing so badly or complaining about your current circumstances. God is faithful today and right now, and He'll be faithful tomorrow. And so by faith, Abraham went, and by faith, Abraham stayed. He dwelt. He waited. In verse 11, we're now introduced to Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, the idea uh, past the age of, you know, biological age of bearing. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised The writer gives a commentary, therefore, from one man, from Abraham, an interesting phrase, him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude innumerable as the sand in which is by the seashore, which was a promise that the Lord had given them, right? Your offspring was going to be as many as the stars and as many as the sand on the seashore. And so number three, we're reminded here that that faith in God's promises, it empowers us. It empowers us to go. It empowers us to stay. It, it empowers us to, well, even to do what would be beyond our natural limitation, beyond our natural ability. Here in verse 11, we're introduced to Abraham's wife, Sarah, at this time. Now, if you know their story, you know that they have a very uh, moving testimony together. And like Abraham, Sarah wasn't perfect. She didn't always trust God perfectly, but God still blessed her. But notice the way that it's phrased. For her, as she trusted God, when she did, she received strength to do something that she could not do in her own ability. 
She was a recipient of God's promise. God was going to do something. And by the way, she even laughed at that. It was incredulous to her. Like, no way. Yet she was the recipient not only of the promise, but she was a recipient of the power of that promise. God had told Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a baby. And if that wasn't a, a, a crazy, miraculous event in itself, at their age, at grandma and grandpa age, that they would become not only parents of a baby, but they would become parents of an entire nation, an entire movement of people. And there, verse 12 describes, well, specifically Abraham as good as dead. (laughs) Very straightforward. I remember when I turned 40 a couple years ago, Pastor Kevin's like, oh, you got one foot in the grave. I'm like, what? Now he's older than 40 now. See? Okay, yeah, Abraham and Sarah were old. And as I said before, at their age, grandma and grandpa, they're, they're, they're looking for senior citizens' discounts. Right? They're looking to eat dinner at three. They're not cutting coupons for diapers. They're not shopping at Baby Gap for their own kids. Yet that's exactly what would be happening. As unlikely as it was, as impossible as it was, as ridiculous as it would sound, in the end, Sarah said, okay, God, you said it, and I'll believe it, because you said it. She judged God faithful. It wasn't in her own ability. It wasn't in her own strength. It's because God is faithful. Faith sees the invisible, it believes the unbelievable, and it also receives the impossible. King, how big is our God? How big is your God? Maybe, like me, you've been guilty, I've been guilty of, of saying and believing that God is big and yet acting as though He's not. But I tend to put God in a box, right? I tend to think, well, I can't figure it out, and if I can't figure it out, that means God can't figure it out. Well, we may have little faith, and we may even have wavering faith, And we may even laugh at the idea that God would do something. It may seem ridiculous to others or even ourselves. But you know, we have a God who's the God of the impossible. And what is that thing in your life right now for you that seems impossible? Have you given that to the Lord? Are you trusting God with that? Now, as we've talked before, the way that God answers may not be exactly what you are thinking. It may not be what you're hoping. It may not be what you would do. But whatever God does, you know, God's, God's, God will bless you. Sometimes even the initial response of God's answer may even temporarily disappoint you. 
but it will always be the best for you. But you and I will never know if we don't ask, if we don't step out in faith, if we don't give that thing, whatever it may be, that you think is beyond your ability, beyond your natural resources, and just hand that to the Lord. If you don't, you're guaranteed not to receive it. It's an interesting relationship between trusting God's Word and then the empowering we receive when we do that. And it's almost as though it's contingent that God would say to you and me, hey, trust me and then you'll receive. Trust me at my Word. Trust me in who I am. And then you can experience the blessing. When Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, Peter calls out to the Lord and he says, Lord, bid me to come. And the Lord said, okay, Peter, come. And Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water. He did what no other disciple did. He walked on the waters. Faith in the Lord coupled by the Word of God, empowered Peter to do what he could not do on his own, enabled him to do the impossible. Can we serve a big God? And sometimes, I think I'm okay to say this, sometimes we can be guilty of not trusting God in big ways. We, we trust the Lord in, in a calculated way. Well, I can figure it out, and I think this is the way that God can go. And so, Lord, here you are. I trust you with that. But have we really trusted the Lord in something that you would say, it is beyond me, it is impossible, people think it's ridiculous? See, faith in God coupled with trusting the Word of God, it will empower us to do what would be naturally impossible the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. What's impossible with man is possible with the Lord. And for Sarah, it literally hit home. Perhaps it was the most dearest hope she could ever hold on to. And mind you, she has held on to it for years. And maybe at some point she just resolved, well, you know what, this is just my lot in life. This, this is what God has for me. Now, next week, we're going to talk about faith in our family and what it looks like in the seasons of our life of singleness and marriage and family and entrusting our family to the Lord. But perhaps today, God is calling you to, to truly trust Him with your family planning, your desire for marriage, your hope for children. If God has you in a waiting pattern, then trust the Lord in the wait and His timing. Number four, faith transcends today. And it, it sustains us and it reminds us that we have a future hope. Verse 13 through 16. These all, who are all? It's Abraham, it's Sarah, it's Isaac, it's Jacob. In fact, we even say it's everybody he's going to list. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, 
But having seen them afar off, they were assured of them. They embraced them. And they responded by saying, yes, we we confess we're strangers and pilgrims here on earth. And they declared plainly that, you know what, we're looking for something better. We're waiting for a promise. It says, if they had truly called to mind that country which they had come out of, they would have an opportunity to return, but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. God did something in that season that said, you know what? We don't want to go back. We want to move forward. Therefore, God's not ashamed to be called their God. He's prepared a city for them. The author gives further explanation of the type of faith that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had. And notice it's an interesting phrase, right? They all died in faith. That's a curious phrase. They died in faith. You know, we've been talking about how we're to live in faith and walk by faith and worship in faith and, 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 and work by faith. We're to trust God in big things by faith. And yet it says they died in faith. And the next phrase says, they did not receive the promise. And yet the writer describes it as a good thing. You know, sometimes it can be a good thing when God says no. We're reminded that we may not always receive what we hoped for on this side of eternity. Because God sees all of eternity. And we only see this life. And the Bible reminds us that this life is a vapor. It is a mist. It's like the morning fog. As quickly as it's here, it's gone. And yet God sees all of eternity. You know, there's been times where you and I, we have prayed for loved ones. We've prayed for healing. And yet they remained with their disease. Or in some of our cases, our loved ones have passed. And and dear family and friends and people that we know, and we say, oh, they left us too early. We've experienced the tragedy of sudden loss, accidents, miscarriages, even those who have taken their own life. It is our faith in the Lord that allows us to understand that this present life is not the end. It transcends, and we then can look to the future and realize there's something beyond than just our physical life. We have a faith that expands beyond today and brings us into tomorrow. And so the writer reminds us of this that they died even in faith. They didn't receive the the promises in this physical life, and yet they still received them. And so we're told, again, that we have, remember earlier, we have this hope of our soul. It's like an anchor, the writer said. You remember, and we're anchored not to this life, we're anchored to heaven. And it's that faith that allows us then to look forward and beyond our physical time here. That we have the hope of heaven. 
It is a transcending and hopefully a comforting truth to know that this life is just one season. It's just one chapter, and it's a small one compared to all of eternity. And so that when God makes a promise to you and to me, He has all of eternity in mind. Again, we so often just have this life in mind. Years ago, when I first came to faith, there was this dear sister in Christ who was battling cancer in the church. And we had been praying for her, and we had anointed her with oil, and she was going through different treatments, and it seemed like things were going well, but then all of a sudden her cancer came back. And she ended up, she ended up passing away. And I remember as a, a, a young believer just being a little bit confused. And, and then what confused me even more is her family when they begin to say, oh, praise the Lord, God answered our prayers. Our mom is healed. And I remember thinking like, what? How did God answer your prayers? Like your, your mom passed away, she's not healed. But again, as a, as a young Christian, I was very confused. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. My view was just this life. Their view was eternity. Their view was reality. Their mom was healed. And she very much was alive. She just moved from this life and she graduated to eternal life. See, it was their faith in the Lord the hope of heaven that transcended from this life to the next. And gang, we too, as believers in Christ, we have faith for the future because we have the hope of heaven and the promise of a better place that God has prepared for those who love Him. He's not ashamed to be called their God and He's prepared a city. He's prepared a place. This morning, as we consider the faith of Abraham and Sarah, their account, their testimony reminds us that faith in God means something for today and for tomorrow. Again, can I encourage us? If God is telling you to go, to step out in faith, you may not have all the answers to the questions that you have. Trust the Lord. Be obedient today. Don't delay. Don't debate. Don't deliberate. God wants to do a great work to bring you into his blessings. Or maybe for you, the Lord is saying, wait. You're anxious to go. You're anxious for what's next. This next season, this next year, this next chapter, whatever it may be. And maybe you're holding on to a promise, a hope that God has for you. But listen, God's saying to you, just trust me today, right now, in the pause, that God's still at work. You may not see it, you may not understand it, but faith can sustain you even through your present circumstances. Patience is a form of faith, to trust God and what He's doing. You know, the faith that God gives us in His promises, it empowers you, it empowers us, and enables us to do beyond our natural ability. 
Maybe God is calling you to something. God is calling you to release something. You think, I can't do that. And when you're obedient to the Lord, the Lord then supplies the power for you to be able to do what God's calling you to do. The waters parted when the children of Israel stepped. And lastly, we, we're reminded that we have the hope of heaven. It's a faith that transcends today by reminding us that something better is coming. I pray that we'll be encouraged in this and strengthened in this. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word as always, for these real people, examples of imperfect people who trusted you, Lord, a perfect God. Lord, they didn't even trust you perfectly. There's times where they did run ahead. They didn't trust you. They, they try to take matters into their own hands. And yet, Lord, we're encouraged even by the fact that when you think of them, Lord, you think of them in a way that well, as they honored you. God, thank you that you remember our sins and our faults no more. As far as the east is from the west, we have forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us that our faith would grow. That, Lord, when we leave today, that we would have an obedient faith. That we would have a patient faith. That we would have a faith, Lord, that that isn't dependent upon our schemes and our ability. But Lord, one, that we would give you what seems impossible to all of your glory, Lord. And God, thank you for the reminder that, that this life is temporary. And the faith that you give us is a faith that looks beyond the horizon of, of our physical life and we get to look into eternity and to know that sometimes, Lord, the, the answer is going to be on the other side of our graduation to heaven. And so, Lord, we thank you for just these examples, this encouragement. May we walk in these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I